Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross Sections, a podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon. With me today is... Mark. Marty. Marky. <laughs> yeah. Nice life preserver. Jason. I am Ben Young. <laughs> I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And... Colin, do you have something you want to say? Oh my god. <laughs> today we are talking about Back to the Future. Why are we doing that? Oh my god. <laughs> Why are you so... The fuck is this? You're like, you're like, oh, who's the genius that picked this film? (laughs) This is my fucking month. And now you're going to try to renege? No. (laughs) As a reward for all of Andrew's hard work and the fact that his birthday is coming up, uh, we've decided to give him free reign of picking four topics. Five. Five five topics uh, without any input from anybody else. And he's picked some great topics, so... Kind this would be Miller March, but uh, there's some things coming up in March that uh, are standing in my way of full monthal domination. Mean, mean daddy moved it. I'm yeah, sorry. meme daddy. There's only one meme daddy, and it is not. Nobody done. puts meme daddy in the corner. He tried once. No, he made he made me meme daddy. Oh, you missed it. It was the whole sequel. Mm-hmm. Oh well, all right. Um, <laughs> I prefer the prequel. So, anyways, yeah, today we're talking about Back to the Future. Part one. Uh, I thought we were talking about Spaceman from Pluto. That too. All right, Ben, before we get into this, though, hit me with some news. All right. It's been a slow week. Um, Jonathan Tucker from City on a Hill, what, whoever the fuck that is from whatever the fuck that is, has been cast as the male lead in NBC's sci-fi drama pilot Debris from the creator of Almost Human. It's a mix of X-Files and Men in Black. Debris follows a CIA agent named Brian Beneventi who's played by Tucker, and MI6's Fanola Jones-Must. Oh. <laughs> Awful name. <laughs> two agents from two different continents and two different mindsets. They must work together to investigate wreckage from a destroyed alien spacecraft that has mysterious effects on humankind. If it's picked up, we'll see it next season. Did you say Vanilla Jones-Must? <laughs> Fanola- what must she do? <laughs> Fanola Jones-Must. So when you say next season, we're talking fall? Yeah. Uh, fall, I don't, I'm not sure if it's, you know, it all depends if they slate it for like a mid-season premiere or whatever, but sometime in the next TV season, the 2020, 2021. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> a new trailer for the video game Outriders has dropped. This will be a PS5, Xbox Series X launch title. Probably one of like the first announced, I think. Uh, from the people who brought us Bulletstorm and Gears of War Judgment. Uh, we'll surely see more of it at E3 this year, but uh, you can check out the trailer online. Um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch it either. I was like, All okay. right. I've seen it. All right. And then, uh, okay, so, so here's the sad, dark, sad part today. So you take this with a grain of salt, but reports are flying in that say that Other Side Entertainment the studio that's developing the hotly anticipated sci-fi horror game System Shock 3 has apparently been hit with a ton of layoffs, and apparently there's almost no one even left in the studio right now. Mm. Other sides, Warren Spector, who's kind of a rep- who is representing the company, I, I forget what his title is, but uh, he said that they are, quote, looking for publishing and funding partners right now. But as of now, it seems like System Shock 3 may be dead. His name is fucking Warren Spector. That's a bad guy from like a fucking spy no. film, a sci-fi spy no. film. So, no, so, Mr. Carlin, uh, well, I expect you to talk. We will keep following this story and uh, keep you guys updated because it's fucking sad. Yeah, it's quite a shock. Your Take it easy. 
No, I mean, I feel like the last game that he did was uh, Epic Mickey. So, no, seriously, oh, look right. it up. So okay. it should be Epic Mickey 3. It explains why they all got layoffs. Um. Anyway, that's about it for the news. Uh, for more information and news, follow us on Facebook.com slash Sci-Fi Cross Sections or on Twitter at SF Cross Sections for all the latest stuff. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Written and directed by Lee Zemeck. Zemeckis. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. Did you just mispronounce Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Lee Zemeckis. <laughs> Lee Zemeck. It's Robert. Hey, it's Lee Zemeck. <laughs> you might know me by my feature film, Back to the Future. Yeah, I got, I got, Speak, I got, I got Return from the PS. Speaking of not interrupting. <clears throat> I got cold brain. Anyways, Robert Lee Zemeckis. Oh. My apologies, gentlemen. Robert E. Lee Zemeckis. Uh, it was also uh, written by Bucket. Uh, Bob something. Bob C. Steven That's why I prepare. Okay, so anyways... Uh, Bob Gale, thank you. Um, real quick, I just want to talk about Robert Zemeckis. Uh, he's probably directed some of my most favorite films growing up. One hundred percent. Polar Express. No, I'm talking like Death Becomes Her. We get those deep cuts. Mm. Didn't George Miller direct Polar Express? No, it was Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Zemeckis. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, uh, Fury Road. No, the Penguin movie. <laughs> That's a that's a funny joke, Mark. That's a really Happy funny feet. joke. I was thinking of Happy Feet. Mark, that was golden. Mark, you don't know how funny of a joke it is that you mentioned Fury Road. Um, I don't either. I just knew it was it's funny. part of his list. Uh, it's one of my five. Oh, and then there's also like Romancing the Stone. That was a part of my childhood. Loved it. And then his bigger ones like Forrest Gump. Uh, what did you do in '99? Uh, oh. I know what you did last summer. Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Um, I'm anyways. watching his new TV show on NBC right now. It's not bad. Is it? It's okay. Uh, this was filmed for only $19 million. And you guys want to know what the box office was? Two billion. $389.1 million. I don't... Respectable. I can't do quick math. I don't even know what the percentage is. It's a lot of millions. Is, but, yeah. More millions than I've ever made. Dude, there, there are blockbusters that can't even get that high... But yeah, they all closed down. So, anyways, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, and Crispin Glover. It's pretty much all I'm going to list up there. Fair. Um, all right, Ben, hit me with that synopsis. What is this movie about? Okay, well, if in case you didn't know. You live under a rock, Jesus. When young Marty McFly escapes to the past during an attack by Libyan terrorists on his best friend Doc Brown's time machine demonstration, he becomes stranded in 1955. Marty seeks out Doc Brown's younger self to find a way back to the future, but must deal with the drastic cultural differences from his own time of 1985, including banging his mom. I don't think that was the original. I think that's <laughs> trending right now. <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah. Okay. You guys got mad when I tried to describe a whole film last time. No, but the fa- you just ended on banging his mom. All right. That's, um, that's it. I heard that that was why Disney turned the film down. They thought that was too Oh, risque. I've heard that too. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, there is an attempted rape in this movie. Dude, it's fucked up. That's really yeah. rough. Yeah. That's really rough. Yeah. So. So. No, but okay. So Thanks back for to that, the future. Um, man, this is like one of the most iconic and referenced movies. Well, in the last... 30 years. This is heavy. Plus, yeah. 
<laughs> you, you said that again. He- heavy. No. There's something uh, wrong with the gravitational pull in 2020. Mm. Um, I'm going to actually start with uh, Andrew Miller. Miller, tell me about this movie and why why it means something to you. I mean, this movie is, uh, it's it's like you said, it's iconic. I've, I've grown up watching this movie. I think I've watched this movie uh, more times than I can possibly count. Um, it's me and the Hunt for Red October. I'm sure it is. Uh, we'll cover that next week, right? <laughs> I wish. Nah. Um, I wish I had a, a, a silly anecdote about the first time I ever saw this movie, but I do not. It is just a uh, very important movie to me. And um, since I was given free reign and five topics to cover, this was uh, something I wanted to cover. Um, back to you. <laughs> well, thank you, Miller. <laughs> <laughs> now onto the Mark with weather weather. That's yeah, so a no weather with Mark. <laughs> Mark, you've got a quite the uh, life preserver there. Yeah, for uh, for all of our listeners right now, Mark is actually cosplaying as Marty. One hundred percent, absolutely. He's lifting his and glasses. He just, he he's just looking just at his watch. Post did a silent post. So. <laughs> Sometimes I think Mark forgets that we're not on camera, <laughs> yeah. even though we do have cameras up all around this room. <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. Don't they become that. assholes. That one was for the bat. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so that was much. really Anyways. dumb. I'm sorry. Right. Can we just take a picture of Mark doing that pose and use that as the thumbnail? <laughs> I don't think we can use it as the thumbnail, but yeah, we can post it. Oh, great. All right. Oh, man. All right. No. So, kind of hoping you'd tell me more about Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, it, I, I, I love anything that has to do with time travel. Um, and y- yes, I, I'm sure we're going to get to it that... <laughs> Back to the Future is some of the weakest logical time travel that there is. Um, Should we, do we put that in Bill's department? Wrong. Bill, he looks like he wants to say Bill. I think it's, uh, I think it's popularly uh, known that this is the worst time travel in all of cinema. Ah, uh, what about Star Trek? I don't know. I don't know. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, why? We're, we're, why? Yeah, let us, let us know, Mr. Frenchman. Let's so dive in. Let's dissect it. What, you want to really talk about yeah, it? Frenchy. Okay, yeah, okay. So please. let's talk Okay, let's start with this. Okay. So he goes back in time. That's cool. That's fine. That's fine. Okay? Totally realistic. That's fine. Let's let's start. We there. all go through time. He gets some plutonium and then they put it through a capacitor, which Okay. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's a flux capacitor. They do. Oh, okay. <clears throat> specific. Got it. Plus flux capacitor which somehow morphs space-time and uh and well, then it's he, a fictional tool. Right, right. No, it is a fictional tool, but when when we talk about like the physics of time travel. Don't don't cover your mouth. Uh, no, this is I'm a, not. This is I'm not covering my mouth. I'm covering my face. I can't look at you. People. Which is also my mouth. Uh, I can't look at this guy. Um, he pointed at Mark. Um, but uh, <laughs> oh no. I, I okay. So we talk about the physics of space uh, of time travel, and um, one of the things that's kind of widely known is that you don't travel back in time. You travel to a parallel dimension where it is a time before it is a similar timeline and when you look at this it's like he looped back to the same timeline but it doesn't make sense because it's a paradox it's a literal paradox it would have split at some point and then the old timeline would be dead but at the same time it was also affecting him in a way like as if the fact that he hadn't been born was affecting him instead of it being a split parallel universe so 
it's like everything is on one timeline the entire universe is on one timeline whereas like you know the common thought is that there are multiple universes and so when, when you talk about this and you say like oh there's only one timeline and marty mcfly is somehow disappearing for some reason and like why wasn't it instantaneous why wasn't it instantaneous bill. that he disappeared bill i'm sorry you shouldn't have watched this movie <laughs> hey bill i have a question yeah but what if time travel does work that way? Oh, well, okay. Never mind. I mean... So this I, this is completely accurate, then. So let's just oh. remember that time travel is fictional mm -hmm. and will never actually happen. I understand. And I understand, <laughs> but a big, a big component of sci-fi for me is plausibility, right? Mm -hmm. So you could say, like, yeah, magic wand, but then it's fantasy. Like, yeah, it's a fictional device, but if it doesn't make sense, if it doesn't at least have a little bit of suspension of disbelief, then it's not sci-fi anymore. So, I don't know. I, it's also important to note that they're going into this not knowing anything. Like, Marty doesn't know anything about time travel and how it works. So his worry that he's going to make himself disappear out of existence is still, like, tension for the viewer watching it through his eyes you know so you're saying like it's un it's an unreliable narrator or it's an unreliable time travel <laughs> i mean backed with a lot of reliable evidence though i mean he literally collapses on stage when his parents aren't making out so. yeah but no but the entire movie is from the memory of marty okay let's do this maybe <laughs> maybe if Mar if they never actually kissed marty would have finally ascended to a godlike being which and is... would have been able to rearrange the timeline as he saw fit which is basically what he does. Time. Yeah. He, which is basically what he does. So yeah. let's just call Marty a god from now on. Can we all agree? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Holy Huey shit. Lewis so said. Wait, wait, wait. Who directed this film? Robert what, Zemeckis. Robert, come out? Zemeckis. Robert E. Lee Zemeckis. Okay, I, I just most likely, make sure we have the background first. Most likely to secede. Don't Robert call him Robert E. Lee Zemeckis. Robert so Zemeckis. So I mean, let's just be real here. He's got Robert. two lining up with that. Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> Robert Lee. How are we fucking making fun of Robert Zemeckis? Right. No. Like, Jean-Luc Pecan deserves we, this, we but not Zemeckis. We make fun of every director on this podcast. Yeah, that's, it's, true. It's a that's not true. You can't make fun of the Wachowskis. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I could make fun of them for, ma for making revolutions. Yeah, they're, they're, they're also making Matrix <laughs> Jupiter 4. ascending. Oh, yeah, no, I'll <laughs> make fun of them for that. <laughs> Fucking man, furries, They're man. making Matrix 4. We can make fun of them for Speaking that. of, we were Maybe. We, I was very hopeful that would be coming to Chicago and I'd get to work on it, and it's not. What, Jupiter? They might do one day of filming in Chicago. That's it. The Matrix? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought really you were talking hopeful. about Jupiter ascending, too. <laughs> make it, you cowards. Yes. Make it. Well, <laughs> I'll just let you know, I've been talking to James Cameron about getting Alita 2 to film in Chicago, so mm -hmm. hopefully you can work Hey, that was some news. James Cameron can't even release his other Avatar movies. <laughs> we ain't ever getting an Alita sequel. No, oh, man. We'll Hashtag. do it. Hashtag Alita sequel. So, by the way, did you did you mention that? Not yeah, in, sure. Not in news. There was, uh, it, oh, I didn't mention the news. I shared it, though. Right. Yeah, because the uh, they someone bought a plane and flew a banner over the Oscars with hashtag save Alita, hashtag Alita sequel. Hey, man, so I work for The Expanse. Which is really funny That's because, it. like, I'm sure, like, half of the people at the Oscars looked up and were like, what's Alita? Alita? <laughs> Battle Angel? Um, Edward Norton's like, I think I did that movie. Alita, um, Alita Army. <laughs> okay. It's it was it was poignant for me to to watch this movie today. I watched it before before I came because I didn't want to watch it yesterday. 
And it was poignant for me because I woke up this morning and I was like, I, 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 this is, I'm going to get like personal. I woke up this morning and I had, uh, I had a dream last night about like just an old friend from college that I don't talk to anymore. And I, I looked them up and we're not Facebook friends anymore. And I was like, that's a big bummer because I don't remember doing anything. You know, I post a lot of shit posts, but it is what it is. And it just like started making me think about college and like, like, I was like, damn, like a lot of regrets, a lot of regrets for, for the listeners at home. I flunked out of college because I was a drunk loser. So like I just sat there all day, just like sitting around, like, like stewing in my own shit. And then I, and then we watch back to the future and I, it's just this like nice, happy fantasy about a kid who gets to literally change his entire life and gets to change all of his parents' regrets and like everything lives happily ever after. And by the end of it, I was like, fuck Marty McFly. Fuck him, fuck his family, fuck Doc Brown for allowing this shit. Like Doc Brown should have been like, look what you did to your family. Let's get back in the DeLorean and go back and stop you from doing this because this is just a fucking mess. You shouldn't be happy, Marty. I don't know, I'm just- He got his car though. He got his four by four. Yes, he got everything he could ever want. Yeah. Like, like, what kind of story is this? What What's the theme here? It's a power is the, fantasy. It's the theme that, Mar- that like, if your life sucks, you should go back in time and try to fuck your mom. Is that the theme? I, I still don't know why you keep going. No. You need to veer away from that path. This supports my theory that this is all a recollection of Marty, who somehow had some sort of aneurysm or something, and had a little power trip where he's like, yeah, I get that truck that I saw at the beginning of the movie, and like, he kisses his mom, and like, it's just a very weird fever dream. No, 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 no. yeah, well, wait. Yes, he does. No, to be fair. I just watched that, well, it's like I'm kissing my brother. Who the fuck kisses their brother? Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like well, no, say so, it smells like ru- or tastes like rubber. We've also yeah, yeah. Marty's mom is just horny as fuck. Oh. So I believe she's tried to kiss oh, her brother. That bitch is Wait. thirsty. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you trying to say that when he turned the speaker all the way up in every single category and then blasted himself across the room, he just had a major concussion. That was it. All it just yeah. dislodged, it. yeah. yeah. The moment. See, the thing is that I, I'm thinking to myself because he integrated like that black truck. That is kind of a key keystone in his uh, in his fever dream. Please mess. explain. <laughs> so I'm thinking that when he gets the, the black truck at the end, so he mentions it at the beginning when he's sitting on the bench with her and he's just like, I'm going to get that truck someday or something like that. And then he comes. Oh, go ahead. Oh no! I just had an epiphany. You can finish your thought. And then Absolutely fantastic. So what I'm thinking is, he saw that, and then at some point, there's a cut. And I'm thinking, I'm, you know, I think it's his dying thoughts after he was shot by the Libyan terrorists in the chest. <laughs> so he so click click click, and and that is where Marty McFly dies. So, so no, here's here's my thoughts. Yeah, I buy it. Jason's crashing his car again. If you wanted, (laughs) if you wanted this to be like some sort of, you know, the speaker thing, like gave him some sort of concussion or brain changed him. Yeah, those seeing his parents uh, being so weak and miserable, and then seeing that truck. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) That would have been great. Bill's crashing his car. If he got concussed 
before, or after you saw these things that he mm. wanted. Mm. And then I'll come in like, well, no, and Colin, that's I don't buy into what you're saying or what you're saying. Colin, I think, especially you. No, I Colin, I think when Marty got hit by the car in 1955, that's his dying thoughts. Mm. So he's still time traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Marty's not dead. I'm oh, sorry, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I just found the point. I just found the point that he dies. He gets hit by the car when Einstein gets into it because time travel doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, wait. So he was about to like, Brown were but they were just smashed. Uh, there is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you guys to know that none of us actually think these theories. We're I just do. trying to make this as ridiculous. There is, w- there is that. Well, sorry, go I, on. I've got one more, though. He's. It's not actually dying hallucinations he's kaiser sozaing the whole time. oh of course, of course doc is. brown was the detective at the end of that one and he drops his mug yeah love it it's worth noting that i i do love this film like still despite everything like you know we're we're sitting here here dragging on it a bit but like you know this this film is probably the most this is this film's probably the funnest film it's probably the, the most sci-fi we've done Shut the fuck up. (laughs) It's the funnest film we've done in a long time. Maybe one of the funnest films of all time. It's just a nonstop, like, joyride from, from, like, him skateboarding down the street to Power of Love to the time travel to the Libyan terrorists. Like, even the, like, something that should be, like, so terrifying and, like, oh my god, is, like, immediately, like, made light. By the cartoonish gun sounds coming I mean, it from... Was, it was 85. You can't portray a terrorist like that. No, but you know no, what? It's... No, but even still, it was a creative decision. Because you don't want to drag a film down like that to be like... It's like, they don't want to make it dark with Libyan terrorists. They First of all, they're Libyan terrorists. Like, when has that come up? In a, when's that a trope in a film ever? In... I can think of one. Back to the Future 2? No. Oh. Well, I'm curious. Back to the Future 3. So we have the Libyan terrorists, which is silly as fuck already. They come in this old 70s Volks, 60s Volkswagen, mm-hmm. uh, which is hilarious. The gun sounds, these cartoons. I'm pretty sure they one or two there before the entire time. Yeah, it, it's just all silly to start out because they don't want to drag the film down with like dark stuff. Even when Doc Brown is shot, like it's, it looks like it's, he's got a vest on. It's it looks, funny. It looks stupid. And not in a bad way. It's just like, oh my God, what's happening? This is so ridiculous. Ha ha ha. Instead of like, oh my God, this is scary. What's happening? And so it was a really creative decision to immediately like, it's just immediately set the tone of like a fun film. And then going into like, you know, even the weird stuff with his mom is hilarious and fun to watch. Actually, it was weird. I think it's quite fun. So the only thing that crossed the line for me at a certain point that I was like doesn't hold up anymore was the Biff attempted rape scene. I was like, I was like, this isn't fun to watch. (laughs) We immediately (laughs) got not fun. So here's the thing, fellas. We discussed it before we did this film. I said, I'm only going to have time to watch the first film. I'm not going to be able to watch two and three. I watched all of them. Oh, my God. (laughs) I did. I did. Because I had time. I found time. But, like, truthfully, that's the thing. Like, would it be known I've never seen two or three? Hmm. And I no don't shit. really, and I don't really know the plot, so I managed to avoid. Are you this fucking plot. kidding so me? So right please, now? Uh, please, no spoilers. Okay, no well, spoilers. Three is okay, but two. Uh, three I, is the best. It's not my choice. 
I haven't even seen one until like four years ago, five years ago. So, same thing for me, but with Godfather. Oh, I've never I seen, seen Godfather. Two or three, and I just saw the first one. Like, Fuck, man! I'm, I'm really bummed, Mark, <laughs> that this is the Back to the Future Part One slash Godfather Part One podcast. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm anyway, gonna make you a movie you can't shit. refuse. Continue your thought, though, Jason. Sorry, it's to a kid's muddy. The one thing I will say about watching Part One, Two, and Three: lots of shit. You could not get away with in 2020. Oh God, that's no. all I gotta say. Yeah, like I, I want to hear everyone's thoughts. I but think that's like, the case with like a lot of 80s films. Like there are a lot of 80s films that just wouldn't fly nowadays. Hell, Breakfast Club wouldn't fly nowadays. What's happening? Hot stuff. To to actually prove that Breakfast Club would not fly today, nowadays, I bring my exhibit A, which is Victorious, uh, the Victorious episode, uh, where they parody the Breakfast Club. <laughs> and I would just like to say I don't like that you watch. Kids if you didn't shows. watch Victorious or like iCarly, you are uncultured. Um, Vict- the Victorious episode where they parody the Breakfast Club. When they're making fun of uh, Molly Ringwald for being a virgin, and when they parody that scene in Victorious, they're making fun of her for being a vegan. And they're like, they're like, you've never eaten a taco? <laughs> I mean, are they wrong though? <laughs> and they're like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't? Why have you never eaten a taco? Won't you want to try this taco? And they like keep shoving the taco in her face. And she's like, no, no, I'm a vegan! And they're like, oh! So I just wanted to, 80s, 80s stuff is, they can't even, you know, they can't say virgin on TV anymore. Really? I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, on Nickelodeon. Oh. <laughs> anymore. I don't know. They couldn't I was trying to connect my tangent. <laughs> I gotta be honest, though. I was at work the other day, and I saw this this uh, adolescent wearing a hoodie that said virginity rocks and i just wanted to i just wanted to <laughs> that like, kid's cool give him fuck. a high five so badly i was like dude just hang on to it you're the man <laughs> wait till marriage yeah no uh, no ding ding until the wedding ring um, <laughs> ding ding has no one seen men in tights it's fucking perfect i haven't We'll cover that in a future episode. No, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> that you got to wait for the uh, the special Patreon podcast movies Andrew hasn't seen, actually, in which I watch movies I've never watched before. I actually have some ideas for a Patreon. Yeah, well, that's one of them. Nope. All right, I'm starting my own. <laughs> so go ahead. All right, we talked about time travel and how implausible it is, including inaccurate in this movie. Uh, we've talked about how very inappropriate some scenes are and you can't get away with them anymore but let's talk about how fucking good it looked for being a period piece oh it's amazing this movie like this is a fucking movie this is they they made this movie back when people made movies instead of just (laughs) shitting out 90 marvel sequels yeah they also filmed like actually like the universal studios a lot Mm -hmm. what's worth also noting this does this feels like a blockbuster like this feels like an early blockbuster back back when people you know studios cared about what they put into a blockbuster of course yeah, they don't care about anything anymore um, except the moolah you know money there are crazy car chases crazy effects and the color is very bright and vibrant it, it stimulates you when you watch it i'm 100 percent convinced that they actually put manure 
on those poor actors when they crashed yeah, their car. they did. They hate it. No expense was spared. Cows hate them. <laughs> I know it stimulated you. <laughs> it did. I know it. Jason, we have a new rule for you. <laughs> Crispin Glover is really good in this film. Mm -hmm. It's like, weird because he was not invited back for being extremely difficult. Well, I, I believe it. They wait, got wait, some, he's not in two and three? They got somebody else to play um, oh, George sad. McFly in two. That's and sad. George McFly's not in three at all. Because honestly, like, I feel like... Crispin Glover is like the hidden gem in this film. He he takes Why? over every scene he's in, um, and he's just so much fun to watch. I've always loved Crispin. He Glover. plays a turbo nerd so well. He does. Like, do you remember his appearance on on Letterman? You ever see? Well, you wouldn't remember it because we weren't born yet, I believe. But uh, he has an appearance on Letterman that you should go look up if you search Crispin Glover, David Letterman. You should find it. Yeah. He comes on playing a character before Joaquin made it cool. And he uh, just was doing that super awkward, nerdy thing. And it drove Dave Letterman fucking mad. Like, he hated it. I think he kicked something at one point. And it just drives him mad. It's a fantastic video. I gotta watch Please this go watch video. it. Like, Crispin Glover is a treasure. So, and I, I, I wish he would do more things. Why well, he's doing He's done a fuck ton of things. You should. I want him to do more things now. Um, Even I don't remember him having like a nervous tick, but he definitely did. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Wait, uh, George McFly or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So the uh, the all time gem of this movie, the hidden gem, would probably be uh, Tom Jordan, who played the principal. Because mm -hmm. no matter what that man does, every time he's on screen, my mind instantly goes, "You screw up so much as this." You're gonna be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. I can't escape that. Every time I see him, my mind. I sometimes I say it out loud, and uh, yeah. That's, this has been top just, fun with Colin Brandon. <laughs> uh, oh, seriously, as soon as he popped on screen, it's the. Funniest. I thought you were gonna say uh, Tom Wilson, who plays Biff. Why would he be a hidden gem? He's he's I all right. Well, that's fine. I didn't hear you say the hidden gem part, but okay. I think the point is that everyone in this cast everybody. is very yes. good. Everybody brings their A game. But Crispin Glover is the best. <laughs> Crispin awesome. Glover's just a frenetic mess in everything he's done. He's Have you seen Friday the 13th? One of my favorite roles of his is Charlie's Angels. Oh, yes. Yes. You, you guys have seen Charlie's, Charlie's Angels, right? Oh, it was so Which good. The, the Drew the Barrymore? One, the first movie reboot. He's the creepy man. With Drew or Barrymore and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Bosley. He's. I remember at one point he cuts off Drew Barrymore's hair, grabs the lock, and sniffs it. Oh, she's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love Crispin Glover so much. Oh, he's great. I love it because it's like, because it's like his. I don't know what it is about him as an actor, but like that anxiety that he portrays makes me like. I'm like, I become a frenetic mess just looking at him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. He really pulls you into the character. He really makes you feel what he's feeling. And not a lot of people could do that. We're going to talk about the product placement real quick in this movie. Oh, Pepsi. Why did Marty McFly not drink things with sugar? It's the eighty. It was the eighties. He was health conscious. Right. He was a cool kid. Got it. Yeah. yeah Everybody, okay. you're drinking a, I'm drinking a non soda water right now. I'm cool as fuck. Right. 
drinking some drinking some uh, okay. was he drinking a seltzer? Pepsi? He was okay. trying to drink a tab and then a Pepsi free. Yeah. yeah. An 80s thing. And then it, it black like, coffee. It was like Coke Zero, if I recall. Yeah, probably. I don't and know. I, don't I wasn't around. Caffeine either. I wasn't around in 1955. Did they try to bring back Pepsi free for just like a, a joke? That was Crystal Pepsi. Was yeah. And they brought Crystal that back for real. So you could get it right now. Well, I don't buy anything with Crystal on it, so. Meth dealers hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Learn the one you know, secret Colin Brandon has Colin's to energy, resisting meth dealers. Colin's energies are perfectly balanced, and he doesn't want to mess up. Oh, right. It's, uh, what do we call them? Chakras? Forget it, Rose Quartz on Etsy. He doesn't want any. Hmm. I don't need your shit. I'm all unbalanced. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so... Who's... All right, we got into the cast there. Who's Appreciate Match him. in the movie? Match? Uh, that could be one of Biff's gang. Because he was played by Billy Zane. What? what? I was trying fuck? to figure out where the fuck Billy Zane fit into this film. We got we got because Billy, Billy Zane? Zane is in the credits. He's where credited, the fuck is Billy he's Zane? Credited as Match. He's definitely one of Biff's crew. He's got to be one of Biff's crew. Got to be. Wait, here's here's a picture. I wonder uh, if it's the one that yes, he is one of Biff's show our audience. I wonder Holy if it's shit, um, that is one hundred percent Billy Zane. Oh yeah, he almost <laughs> looks like a Marlon right. Brando. Is please. he wearing the? Uh, is he wearing the three D glasses? No, that's three D. Right. That's the character three D. Right. That's Fuck. not Billy Zane. That's Marlon Brando. Uh, for our audience, please look up <laughs> "Match Billy Zane Back to the Future" and you'll be able to see an image. This was before that. Billy Zane had his breakout role of the Phantom. So. Mm -hmm. Billy Zane is actually the seventh member of this podcast. He doesn't speak much, but he is here. Yeah. Always here. Right, Billy? Thanks, Billy. <laughs> yeah. He said yes. Anyway. So I wanted to mention, uh, Emily actually has never seen this movie before. She had never seen this movie before, and we watched it together. And her comment, her commentary was um, that this is a movie that could come out today and be a huge success. Definitely. She said, yeah. this is a classic movie. She thinks that it's pretty much timeless. I agree. But if you studios remake it, I will boycott you. Oh, no, 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 I don't think anyone was going to ask I don't, no, 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 I would no, no, absolutely no, boycott no, no. a fucking what, what, remake. Out of time. What the hell? I'm Shut the fuck Anyway. Da, so, da, da, da. What I'm, God damn it, guys. But what I'm trying to say is that if it had never existed, let's say somebody were to go into... Back into, in time and create, stop time. this movie from being made. They <laughs> assassinate Zemeckis. That would be more Terminator. Um, but no, if somebody Marlon were to go back Brando. in time and make this never happen and then release it today, she said it would do well. She thinks that it would do well. I, that's interesting that that was brought up because maybe this is a good time for me to ask my question to the, uh, to the, to the group. Um, if that's okay, Overlord. Take it away. We got nothing else going on. If, yeah. So here's a question I posed for the group. If Back to the Future were to have a sequel Film in an sequel. age of belated sequels, would you be interested? No. 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 Now, I, I would see it. I'd be, I think I'd be really skeptical that I'd see it. What if I pitched it as none of the future shit that happens in Back to the Future 2 never came to be? So now, a older, an older Michael J. Fox, Marty McFly, and Doc Brown try to figure out where time went wrong. No, because Back to the Future 1 through 3 was good. I don't have any problems with that timeline. I don't want to see Back to the Future no. Part 4. I don't. No, because, and, and here's the thing, you, uh, you would have to 
Well, first, first of all, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd are extremely old. Yes. Both of them. Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's. Not but this still, is not a joke. He's still acting and very acting very well. Sure, he is. But the problem is, you would have your cardinal sin of filmmaking, which is bad CGI replicas of people running around. You'd have young Doc. No, but I'm talking about young. that they are that we set them now. That we well, yeah, but they'd have to run into themselves, no, or or have themselves yeah. running around. I, to try to correct right. the course of Probably. all the history. They would have to stop original Marty from going back in time and fucking up the timeline. Because then... That's an interesting premise, though. Only then, only then could future... The, only then could the, the, the present and subsequently the future progress as it was intended. That's an interesting premise. I have an idea. Okay. I have never thought about this before. If we were to have a sequel, um, let's say Marty did something... To fuck up the future, right? I know we already took that route with one. Anyway, um, so let's say we he fucked up the future, right? And it winds up being our existence that they come to, mm-hmm. and so they they show up, and um, and that's all I, I that's all I thought about. And, and finally, the time travel kind of works. <laughs> Marty, the future's so boring. Marty, <laughs> Marty, this is not interesting at all. Why is he Jewish? I don't. Marty, what are you talking about? I am once again asking you to help me fix the future. (laughs) Marty, we gotta do it, man, or the fucking future is gonna be doomed. (laughs) Now he's from Jersey. (laughs) Fucking sky! Just disregard every word that comes out of Jason's mouth for this episode. Yes. So, Ben, okay. I see you have some envelopes there. You did that bit? Yeah. Is that what the envelopes are for? No, they're for later. He's oh. pushing those. <laughs> okay. Oh, there's another thing. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, man. Does anyone else have anything they want to add about this movie? <laughs> to be honest. It's a classic. It's oh, wonderful. It is. Here's the thing. We can't tear this movie apart. Mm-mm. Oh, absolutely not. We're making a lot of jokes because there's nothing bad you can say about this movie. No, Here's the thing. Really. So, like, going back, when we knew that we were going to do this film, I said, I think... I can watch the first one again. I can't do two and three. I watched all three of them, like, within three days. Like, it's a classic. It really is. Like, I don't know. It's a different era of filmmaking. So, like, as far as just the... What they were willing to... I, I think what they were willing to say, like, what they were willing to get into, like, it was... It was 85, you know, it was different than what we were kind of like willing to go into in everything we've done in our podcast since. Like, I don't know, like, I almost want to, I want to discuss two and three, but I know we're not going to, but like, I just feel like filmmaking like this doesn't exist anymore. No. Does that make sense to anyone? Uh, yes. I think Spielberg, or not Spielberg, sorry, J.J. Uh, Abrams, let's see what I did there, tried to, and then he kind of got caught in this wave of... Blockbusters. Well, big companies, hey, you know, make this movie for us. But I, I think where his, like his heart lies, he wants to do your Back to the Future. You know, that's that's kind of what he wants to make. It really, it does feel like a, a film that Steven Spielberg was watching over the shoulder of. You know, he, he, he was. was. Yeah. I know he was. <laughs> I know, but like you know, that's that's the feeling I got from it. I was like, okay, this is very much like that sort of sentiment. So you're gonna love this. What? The score was not what they originally planned, and Spielberg said, 
you should do an epic score for this movie. And they went back in like the two weeks leading up to like the final has to be done by this date. They wrote the score for that movie. Really? Yeah. yeah. Because Spielberg said, make it epic. So and it, it made the movie for me. Uh-huh. So no shit. I've always thought that they was John Williams yeah. forever because it's very John Williams. The horns, yeah. And I've always thought that until I watched it today and I saw his name pop up. This was Alan Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Anyone know? No. Hmm. Best known for, uh, oh my God, can I do it? Can I do it? Dun, 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 oh. dun, dun, That's him. Yeah. I remember you know, that does song. The Avengers theme. So, interesting thing, the Avengers theme has now become one of the most, sadly, iconic. Sadly? Well, not even sadly, but, well, I it's see incredible. Like, there's a lot of predecessors there. But it's become one of the most iconic like film scores now. Here's the thing. Um, nope. I just wanted to double check one thing before I talk out my ass like a dick. I can fill for a second. Go ahead. Do do do. Yeah. Do 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 do. Get do 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 do. So. Fill. Huh. Good fill. Thank you. Uh, Jason. Call that one, Collins. Go. He's go. He's in your band, right? Mark's the new drummer. Yep. but for real though. I didn't realize that uh, Huey Lewis had written those two songs for the movie. The Power of Love yeah. and Back in Time. But it was, they played it like, they played The Power of Love four or five times in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, like, this is, this yeah. is weird. So there's the actual song. There's the, the band, Marty's band covers it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's Huey Lewis who tells them they're too loud. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. recognized him today when I was watching Which it. Really yeah. Fun fact, he looks exactly hey. like John Hamm. You're lame. <laughs> he does. I'm Huey Lewis and you're lame. That's, that's basically what he says. Yeah. <laughs> you're too yeah. loud. Yeah. Which this is, is so weird. Yeah. Also, the fact that they're auditioning for a battle of the bands. No, they're, no, they're auditioning, auditioning to... to play at prom. Yeah. Oh, it was Battle of the Bands. No, it's just an audition. It said Battle of the Bands in the background. It did it? it uh-huh. Oh, I missed that. Bands were battling. That's stupid. Yeah, right. Um, sorry, what was your point before I did all those Hugh Lewis in the news facts? <laughs> oh, I just didn't realize that he wrote the songs. Oh, yeah. Happy. I thought yeah. they just used that song. Yeah. And then I, when they played it so many times, yeah. I was like, that seems yeah. weird. So yeah, the power of love, absolutely. Um... I mean, it's just kind of just super, super 80s-ified, but like back in time just makes direct references to the movie. It's like yeah. back in the day where you actually like would have a movie and then have a song for it. Like Top Gun. Like Top Gun. Yeah. Mighty Wings, the theme from Top Gun. Or um, <laughs> Men in Black off of Big Willie Style's number one album. Big Willie style. Men in Black. Men in Black. Have you seen um, Top Gun? I've never seen Top Gun. You, you do know that Kenny Loggins wrote. Yeah, Danger Zone. Okay. Danger Zone. I played that in D- Diablo Two. And the hit track playing with the boys. Oh, Ooh, thank you for like sharing that. that though, Mark, because I actually did not know that uh, Power of Love was written for the movie. I knew Back in Time was because. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys like Huey Lewis in the news? Yes. I'm not answering that question. I know where you're going. I thought his older stuff was a little too new wave for my taste. <laughs> oh, when sports came out, take it easy. I love new wave. in '87. I think he really came into his own commercially and artistically. <laughs> Great film. All right. Uh, I wanted to say so. Uh, it's interesting because you said 
the the iconic you said sadly iconic at first and then i said not sadly and you go well not sadly the iconic avengers theme i remember back when avengers had come out people were doing video essays about why marvel movies quote unquote stink because they were like the score is not memorable it's not memorable enough and i was like that's bullshit because like the avengers theme is like hot and then here comes Alan Silvestri in Avengers Endgame making, like, honestly, in my opinion, one of the best songs in movies ever, which is the, uh, I think it's it's actually called Portals, is, is when the portals are opening and everyone's okay. coming out. I think it's an incredible song. But it, it, I was I was a little bummed out that I didn't like follow this dude so closely before because forever I was crediting John Williams for the Back to the Future soundtrack and I don't know why I just assumed it was him and it wasn't it was Alan Silvestri this guy's been giving us epic soundtracks for since the eighties so like go listen to some Alan Silvestri soundtracks now, I would liken him more in his er- earlier career to uh, Danny Elfman more so than the uh, uh, John Williams, but yeah. Well, the, specifically the Back to the Future theme was very John Williams, but yeah, overall his career was Danny Elf. Uh, he was in a rock band and then oh, became a score composer. We mm-hmm. just became annoying. So while this <laughs> while this podcast actually seems like it's all over the place, it is. It is, but. Normally, it's we're trying to hit like big themes, and with this one, we're actually just certain aspects of the movie we've talked about the cast, we've talked about the score. Like, I, I talked know. about the theme as best I could. Well, the literal theme change <laughs> your life and you'll be happier, change your past and you'll be happier. Um, well, if, if no one else has anything to add, I would like to go into big. Uh, big sci-fi. <laughs> big sci-fi. I'd like to go into big sci-fi wrestler. Big sci-fi, little sci-fi. Big sci-fi, sad sci-fi. Oh, a super little sci-fi. Oh, no, no, I don't know. Big I sci-fi, sad sci-fi. Oh my god. Because <laughs> the two are mutually exclusive now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. All right, redo that line. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, uh, good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Gonna start with my uh, my opposite here, Ben. Hello. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it's good sci-fi. It doesn't check the boxes for like you know sci-fi nowadays, but for its time, I think it's good sci-fi. Overall, it's a great film, but I think it does its best to. It's it's not like a thinker sci-fi. It's an entertaining sci-fi, and it takes a lot of tropes of the genre and kind of twists them around and make them fun to watch in a way that a lot of sci-fi doesn't know how to do nowadays. A lot of sci-fi is just miserable, and, like, don't get me wrong, I love it, but some of the shit, like, Blade Runner 2049, one of my favorite sci-fi films, is a miserable film. Like, it's very sad. It's a lot of fun to watch, but it's very sad. And so, like, maybe we need to kind of take some hints from Back to the Future and make sci-fi a little bit more... Lovey. Oh, hell, I'd take an evolution, too, at this point. Everything in this modern age is just so, like, grimdark. Yeah, well, You know, it's it's obnoxious in a way. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one, you know, to, you know, askew a gritty reboot or, you know, kind of thing like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, we, you know, we need some fun movies, you know. I agree. Fun. 
Didn't when they went Valerian was short? No, I was kidding. Mm. <laughs> All right. Is it so cute? Jason. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Back, Who did that? that? Hold on. <laughs> Back to the future. Part the one. <laughs> you have to come back and stop him from taking my new alien tricks. So I'm not going to bow to that. No, 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 no. Um, hold on a second. We got to wait for Billy. <laughs> Little Billy. I'm back. I mean, my biggest thing with Back to the Future is that it it truly is an era of filmmaking where it was fun. And it was fun above anything else. So, like, I know we're just discussing Back to the Future Part 1, but Back to the Future Part 2, Back to the Future Part 3, like, it really was a trilogy, I think, in the way we haven't really seen a trilogy since. Like, it was a film where I truly feel like the story was laid out from Part 1 through Part 2 through Part 3. It told a coherent, complete story... And it was something you could get behind. You know, I think part one came out in 1984, 1985. You had part two, 1989, part three, 1990. But regardless, like it, it was it was coherent. You know, it, it was one story that when it was done, it was done. And I don't know about you guys. I didn't really feel the need to see part four. Like, I know, you know, there's even been call for part four 30 years later, but like, I didn't need to see part four. I think that Back to the Future is the distillation of kind of a pure movement in science fiction. It was really its own thing, and it really didn't need to be anything other than that. So to me, I think part one is great. I thought it was great science fiction. I thought, you know, the part two and part three collectively it kind of like it wrapped up the story in a way that was very uh satisfying we are talking about those ones so part one was great <laughs> part two and part three i thought adequately wrapped up the story and i was very happy with it good sci-fi <laughs> it would be called big sci-fi. Uh, big sci-fi big, big sci-fi <laughs> big sci-fi or sad Jason, thank you. Mark, hit me with that. Best that shot. Response. Uh, Your hair is on, on fleek today, oh. but the listeners can't. Nice life preserver. Oh, your jacket's very swishy. It's called so uh, working a 12-hour day. Are you wearing uh, Calvin Klein underwear, too? That's what the, that's, this, the that's swish what the swishes are. Mark, the Mark, can we hear this? <laughs> this isn't my fault. He asked me. What did and I you say? you talked about my hair. Well, oh, Mark, yeah. are, you, are you a seaman? Hey, Mark, real quick. Can you tell, if it's, tell us if it's good sci-fi or fucking bad sci-fi for two seconds? <laughs> uh, great movie. Great sci-fi. Uh, it's, uh, like Miller was saying earlier, it's one of those movies where I don't remember the first time I watched it. It just, I just remember being a huge part of my upbringing and an influence on what I love about film. It's just a good time every time I watch it. I've never, you know, I watch it every couple of years and it's never like, oh wow, this hasn't aged well or whatever. I think it would still be a good movie if it came out today. And you can see its influence in, in a lot of like time travel movies that came since, you know. It really paved the way for sci-fi in a way, even though it's billed as a comedy. Like, it's great. 
love it. Um, man, I forgot how fun this movie was. I can honestly say I haven't watched it this century until last night. Um, but fuck, was it good? Uh, I forgot how little I forgot. Like it's every time a scene would pop up, like I felt like I knew the scene like the back of my fucking hand because I watched it so much during you know the '90s and stuff. But um, great, great movie. Loved it. Uh, I will say that it's it's. It's okay, Seven. It's pretty good. I think it did the best it could. It wasn't ambitious, though. You know, they, time travel was like that big centerpiece, but they weren't trying to explain time travel. I think they were just telling a fun and engaging story, and that's what it was. So, uh, <clears throat> that's all I have to say. Um, actually, I want to end on Miller today. So, Bill, I want you to go next. Okay. So, as this film is, as we all agree, a. Um, <clears throat> the uh hallucinations of a dying man um i uh i i think that as a fantasy film i think that it's fantastic um i think it's great that you know all those rules that are kind of made up in his dying mind um marty mcfly i mean <laughs> our lord and savior our god lord and savior who is actually a space-time god uh, <laughs> So anyway, so let me let me actually talk about this film. I love it. It's a classic. It's a good film. I agree with everything that Mark said. Um, you know, it's not existential, but I'll break my mold and say that it's good sci-fi. I love it. Wow. Whoa. All right. Bill actually You're liked beautiful. the movie. Surprise. Thank I know. Well, Bill has never liked a single sci-fi movie on this podcast. Let the record show. <laughs> Andrew, play every clip of Bill. <laughs> I actually, the thing I enjoy about sci-fi is how much I hate it. So. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck sci-fi. Anyways, <laughs> Andrew. Well, I can't vouch for every movie that I picked for uh, Miller March. Um, Miller Madness. Oh yeah, yeah Do, have you finished your bracket? <laughs> um, so I can't vouch for every movie because um, two of them I haven't seen. Um, but this, th there was a specific reason I picked this movie, and it's it's a great, it's great film. It's 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 classic cinema. It's a great film. It's great sci-fi. I mean, somebody asked me the other day if you could delete one. He said video game from your memory and replay it. I'm going to sort of co-op that and be like, what if I could delete one movie from my mind and rewatch it? It it very well could be Back to the Future. It would still be uh, it's... October. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to love uh, Sean Connery's beard and accent. And his, his wig. He's wearing a wig. Anyways. He's wearing a wig in um, uh, James Bond, too. He wears a lot of wigs. Um, all right. Andrew, thank you very much. Uh, well... This bit's dead in the water now. Uh-oh. But I'm still going to roll with it anyway. I went to the future, and I listened to our podcast, and uh, I have some... I brought back some envelopes just to prove I went. Sorry, I, must, I ruined your bit. I must have gone to a different timeline, <laughs> he, but Overlord, I'd like you to read the envelope. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I ruined your fucking Jenny, bit. Ben's <laughs> pushing the envelope. Hey, guys, I just wanted to change my mind. I hate it. It's okay, bad sci-fi. this one says don't open until after podcast. Yep, yep. It's the uh, one. So we're going to do this one. You actually sealed it. Yes. You just open it. It's With a kiss. The saliva. Yeah, but you, like, Whoa. sealed it very yeah, efficiently. There you go. So it's Bill and I kissing each other. <clears throat> All right. And read it, read it out loud. 
It says Bill will ramble on about artificial intelligence. Oh, oh no, that's, that's the Westworld season three podcast episode. Sorry. Oh, what I a great right bit. Right what a great okay. bit. What a I love this bit. This is good. Let me talk about Casper Van Dien a little bit longer. Yeah, where is he? Dude, I don't fucking Sorry, I brought home. a couple. California. I wasn't sure. Not at home. I see. Okay, there it is. All right. Uh, Detroit, maybe? Bill won't say Back to the Future is good sci-fi because it doesn't make him ask any questions. <laughs> I was wrong. I guess I went to the wrong timeline. You did. Yeah, but... he didn't this even is know the dark timeline. Either. That's the best part. <laughs> Someone must have gone back in time and, and, changed, and changed it. That... Yep. Yeah. That must have been it. That, that, I guess we'll find out in part two. I mean, really, we're all part of Marty McFly's dying mind. <laughs> he, so. changed. he can change whatever he wants, that time god. Oh, god. All right, well, folks, there you have it. That is, um, oh, that is our take on Back to the Future. That wasn't bad. No, it was, it was really fun. weird. We, was we, really I mean, we all we all enjoy this movie, so it's, it's hard to pick something apart when we, when we enjoy it, so... Uh, does anybody have any plugs they want to throw in real quick? Quick plugs. Very quick. Real. Yeah. Jason's uh, got a new song. I do. Yeah. So the band has been pretty consistently putting out songs every two weeks in 2020. Um, <clears throat> we just released a song today early. Um, we shared it on our page. We did. Thank you very much, Ben, for that. Uh, we'll have a new song coming out two weeks from now and another new song coming out two weeks from then so we're keeping up with it uh everyone check it out and uh lots more where that came from nice all right anybody else have any quick plugs or are we gonna move on yeah if you like fantasy dungeons and dragons or role-playing of any kind catch us on once upon a tavern every sunday night 5 p.m twitch.tv slash once upon a tavern underscore between the words instead of spaces uh, there you will catch a live stream of the Dungeons and Dragons game. It's very good, and uh, we'll be coming to a podcast function soon. So and look if out you want to catch up, you could also catch the previous streams on YouTube. Yep, on our YouTube channel, Once Upon a Tavern. Uh, there's no easy YouTube channel URL, but you can see we share everything on our Facebook.com/slash Once Upon a Tavern. Twitch. Uh, Twitter is at Once Upon a Tavern underscores between the words. And we're also on Instagram, once upon a tavern, underscores between the words. Okay. So. Cool. Perfect. Uh, All right. I just wanted to mention uh, Deadwater, starring Casper Van Dien and Judd Nelson, is recommended by me. <sighs> it currently Nelson. has it currently has zero percent on, t- on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So get out there and see Deadwater. <laughs> Please. We had a limited run. <laughs> Spit's dead in the water. <laughs> let's, let's, cut. let's turn that zero into twenty percent. Let's go. There you go. Let's go. Zero to hero, just like that. All right, folks, uh, we do have a very long list of things coming out. Uh, Next week, Ben, is? Picard's episodes one through four. My boys, get ready. So, all right. Um, Until next time. All right, taking up the dog. Hey, Pippin, burn in hell. <laughs> I just <laughs> mark that. <laughs> Something weird. <clears throat> oh. What the fuck was that? that? It's that weird noise I'm gonna have in between news <laughs> and other. <laughs> Man, that's fucked up. What the hell? <laughs>
Jason know? almost just went and ran for a weapon. <laughs> just, I don't like that. Jason almost a, ran for give city me a government. Piece of pizza, man. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you pizza man. Pizza I'm the pizza wife. man. Pizza. I'm, I'll steal. <laughs> I will steal pizza from you your guys, wife. <laughs> oh God damn it! Now, did you guys know Elijah Wood was in? Uh, yeah, Back to the Future Two. Of course he was. I haven't seen. I didn't see him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a baby. He's game, the little right? toy. Yeah. yeah, he's the. Yeah, it's like a baby. Wait, are we, are we going to get on the back? Dude, no, we're not talking that's about tonight, it. Tonight, but like another. Yeah. Period? Next sure. next okay. March. Well, then, yeah, let's, 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 we got we got March. like a bunch of dead time, but in Give me June, it. July. So. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take it away. We got nothing else going on. If yeah. Back to the Future. In, a, in an age of belated sequels, were to get a part four, would you be interested? It effectively did get a part four in the comic book series. Okay, but if it were to get a part four in the movies... No. And the Telltale series. Because here's a... Oh, my... <laughs> He's leaving. He's walking away. He's going his, to uh, his Give DeLorean. He's going back in time to make sure I don't ever make those comments. And your clothes don't fit anymore. Here he goes. He's getting in the DeLorean now. He's throwing trash in the mm -hmm. door. Great mm -hmm. Scott! <laughs> when? What are you fucking doing? If this is PG 13 and they could just drop one F bomb. Yep. <laughs> Marty, what the fuck are you doing? 2020, yes. 1985, no. Great fuck, Marty. <laughs> Marty, are you having a Fucking cigarette? <laughs> fucking Scott! Fucking <laughs> Scott. Fucking Scott. <laughs> what did that do? Jason, you're really narrowing in on that Christopher Lloyd there. I hear it. I hear what you're yeah. doing. You're, you're crushing it, man. This is uh, fucking so heavy, Dad. Christopher Lloyd was like 27 in 1985. <laughs> hey, he looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> looks like absolute shit. How old was he when he did Taxi in 1968? 17. <laughs> You really committed to that bit.